for those of you that weren't here at the beginning, you might have missed the bit where um, two things. One is Andy talks about the fact that today we recognize uh, Pentecost. It's the day in the church calendar where we look back and... Um, and sort of remember, really, that first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Nicola read that uh, passage to us. And one of the things that Andy explained at the beginning is that in order just to make space then, not just to talk about Pentecost and remember, but actually to make space for anyone who wants to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, um, we're c keeping things a little bit shorter in other areas. So worship was a bit shorter at the beginning. I've been tasked to speak less. So uh, if you know me, you know that um, talking is what I love to do. But nevertheless, I will do that. I will talk less because I also want us to get to the point in our service where we can just make space just for anyone who wants to. Um, and everything really that I'm going to be saying is about that, is going to be not just talking about Pentecost and all of that, but what it is to be filled with the Spirit and really that we would be... Um, just brought to that place of recognition of our need for him again, our desire to ask him to fill us again. And at this morning, on the way in here, I was walking in with my daughter Esther, and I just said, do you mind if I just like talk through my talk with you a little bit? Just help me kind of get it in, you know, into my head a bit more. And so she was like, all right. So I said, well, first of all, we're going to be talking about Pentecost. And so she said, hold on, stop. What's that? <laughs> what is Pentecost? And why are we talking about it? Why are we celebrating it? Which is a really, really great question. Um, and it's a great place to start. She had lots more questions. We'll come to some of those. But um, just talking, why, why is it that we make this space in our calendar where we talk about an event that happened all those years ago? And the main reason why we talk about it is because although it was an event that happened all those years ago, it wasn't just for them. This pouring out of the Holy Spirit, this first pouring out, and as Andy said, it's often called the birthplace of the church, the, the birthday of the church, where the, the church of Christ was born and the Spirit lit, lit the flame. It wasn't a one-off event, and it wasn't random. It had actually been prophesied hundreds of years before that by the prophet Joel in Joel 2.28. God said through the prophet, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This was the promise. And there was a long time of waiting and Jesus came, and Jesus, as he was walking this earth and teaching and talking to his disciples, he again talked about this day coming where the Holy Spirit would be sent. And he said to them, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses as a result. Well, Jesus dies, and he is buried, but he, raised, he is raised to life. And before he, before he goes back up to heaven, he meets with his disciples and he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so this pouring out of the Spirit has begun. But remember what Joel said. He said, um, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. So it wasn't enough that just that Jesus met with his disciples in that room because that's not the fulfillment of the prophecy. The prophecy is all people and not just all people then. It doesn't end there. The Holy Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving. A few years back now, I celebrated my 40th birthday. And 40 days before my 40th, my friend Liza uh, sat me down and said, Ali, 
uh, we're getting ready to celebrate your birthday. And knowing as she does, she knows me very well. She knows how much I love gifts. She knows how much I love celebrating birthdays, particularly my own. And she said, so I have arranged for 40 days of celebration. And so for 40 days, I was inundated with gifts and letters, flowers turned up at my door, people turned up at my door. I was taken out for breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner. I was sent all kinds of amazing things. I was given experiences. Someone even wrote me a poem all typed out and sent to me. Every day there was something. Friends that I'd not seen in years. We did whatever existed before Zoom. It all happened in these 40 days, right building up to the big day itself. But on the big day itself, knowing me as she does, she said, just so you know, I knew you wouldn't handle a hard crash. And so I've arranged a few more days to celebrate Ali, to sort of like begin to wean you off. And Liza understood that there was something in me that I just, I love to celebrate. And she, the gift, she just kept them coming. She kept them coming. And the Holy Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving. Not just for 40 days, but for everyone in all seasons, all days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And we see evidence of this continuation in the New Testament. Because you've got in Acts 2, the passage that Nicola read, it said they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But you fast forward to Acts 4, Peter has been arrested for talking about Jesus and he's told before his release, don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And he goes back to the followers and they talk about what happened, the arrest, and they pray. They ask the Lord for boldness and it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled just a couple of chapters later. And then throughout the New Testament, you'll see that often God's people, it's taught, uh, said of them that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were full of the Holy Spirit. That's how they were described, a people that are full. And then in Ephesians 5.18, we're told, don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And the, 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 the word there for fill, it's this present, ongoing te- uh, tense. Be filled. Keep on being filled today. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's no uh, mistake or coincidence, I should say, that the Holy Spirit was first poured out at Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish festival where they uh, gave thanks to God for the first fruits of the harvest. As those first things came in, they offered their sacrifices and thanksgiving back to God to acknowledge his goodness. But there's something in there about the first fruits, like this is just the beginning, there's more. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This wasn't just then, it's now, it's today. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so as we look back on Acts 2, on that day of Pentecost, we don't look back on it as a sort of nice day to remember or as a one-off occurrence. We don't look back on it to analyze, oh, they did this and how do we, we don't do that, just that. But we look back on it as an invitation to us today, recognizing that we too are part of the promise, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. We too are a people who need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. There are some things that only make sense the moment they're filled. 
A balloon only becomes really a balloon when it is filled with air. A glass has its purpose when it is filled with water ready for drinking. A fireplace only really is what it was meant to be when there is a roaring fire in the grate. And we are a people who were created to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to look at a few things about like why then? Like how does this work and why would we want it? Why would we want to be filled by the Holy Spirit? Not just me telling you, not even just the Bible saying be filled, but why would you want it? I want to throw out, I guess, a few things, a bit like a buffet. And the invitation is grab the thing that speaks to your heart, hold on to it, meditate on it and apply it to your own life. And the first reason I want to say is why we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit is because when he fills us, he fills us with who God is and brings us into an awareness of his presence. That it's said that at Christmas, Jesus came as God Emmanuel, God with us. But at Pentecost, we have God in us. And as God fills us, he fills us with all that he is. Think about, um, even you could only just begin to name a few, but the attributes of God, that he is loving and patient and kind, that he is joyful and full of peace and patience, and he is faithful and steadfast. He is humble and he is holy. All of those things he pours into us as he fills us. That it's not about um, us trying to be patient, and if you try to be patient, you'll realize how impossible that is. If you try to just be peaceful or to be at peace, you'll know that it doesn't get you very far at all. But when the Holy Spirit fills us, he fills us with who God is, and those beautiful attributes of God can become ours as we make space and as we ask him to fill us. This is a really bad analogy, so please forgive me. Um, But if you think about a donut, and a donut is filled with jam, and that donut, therefore, isn't just filled with a word, jam, but it's filled with all the qualities of jam, that it is sweet and sticky and good to eat, and it is full of energy, sugar, calories, all of those things are contained and fill that donut. And when we are filled, when we are filled up with God, we're not just, that's just not words, but that's his attributes in us and through us, and we need those things. I mentioned holiness. The Bible tells us, be holy as I am holy. Not just in the Old Testament, it comes up a lot, but in the New. He called you, um, he who called you is holy, therefore be holy. I heard someone once say that, that everything that we are asked to do in the Bible, we are empowered to do through the Holy Spirit. I cannot be holy and neither can you. But the Holy Spirit can, can in me bring about holiness, can make me holy, can make me long for holiness, can grow holiness. And so think about what it is that you need. When you think about the fruit of the Spirit, for example, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
which of those things, and you're very welcome to say all of them, I know I do, which of those things could you do with a bit more of in your life? Be filled with the Holy Spirit that you would grow and overflow in those things. Ask the Lord. We ask to be filled, and I've already said this in part, but we ask to be filled because this is for us. This is for all people. This is not something that I just have to observe happening to others centuries ago or happening to others in this church today. But this is for me. This is for you. That God promises not just to come close, but to pour himself into us. A friend of mine, she went to a very posh primary school. And at mealtimes, they would all um, get up to these long banqueting tables and the teacher would serve them food. And as the teacher came round, they would all say, yes, please, yes, please, to whatever was on offer. And if it was something they didn't like um, and they, or that they didn't want, they weren't allowed to say that because that didn't sound very polite. And so what they would say is, uh, can I have a no thank you portion, please? Can I have a no thank you portion, please? What is on offer to us in being filled with the Holy Spirit is good because it is God. And so let's none of us sit in a place of saying, I'll have a no thank you portion, please. Sometimes we do that out of our own sense of shame or unworthiness. Sometimes we do it because we think that the prayer we prayed however many weeks, days, months ago is enough. Sometimes we assume that maybe God wouldn't want to fill us. This is a promise for all people no, no thank you portions. Be greedy, knowing that when you ask to be filled, you're asking, as I just said, for God himself and all of his goodness to be poured out into you. No, no thank you portions. All of us. And what is poured into us, just think about that word, is abundance. I will pour out my spirit. They were all filled. They were full of the Holy Spirit. I just love that, that what is on offer to us today is not about scarcity. It's not about a tiny little portion. I'm just going to give you a breadcrumb of peace. I'm just going to give you a tiny little mouthful of my presence. But what he's talking about is an abundance of himself, an excess. Like there's plenty to go around. I mean, going back to the no thank you portion, it's not that there's not quite enough you know, if your neighbours had some, then maybe there's not enough for you. Someone said to me earlier that whenever they think about the word abundance, they think about abundance, <laughs> like a big celebration with lots of food, enough to go around. There is abundance of the Holy Spirit in, here, in this room, in your life, that is available to you, an excess, no scarcity. When I was pregnant with both of my children, I had a condition called hyperemesis, um, which is like an excess of being sick and nausea. And so you can't really stop um, being sick. And so even water wouldn't stay down. And so I used to like try and just wet my lips with water or tiny little sips, but often that would either come up or I would just be overwhelmed with nausea. And so in the end, they had to take me into hospital both times and get me on a drip and get all those liquids that I was needing and all those precious salts or whatever they talk about, electrolytes and things, all back into my system. And I remember the feeling as I literally felt that life go back into me. And even now, and I was last pregnant 11 years ago, even now, when I drink a big pint glass of water, I am grateful that I can gulp it 
because I spent two times nine months not being able to gulp, the feeling of just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, and that feeling of like fullness, of plenty of water, of abundance, it's so good. And that is what is on offer to us in God, an abundance of the Holy Spirit that poured out on us, filling us to the place of fullness. And when you think about the qualities of God, We need that. There is such scarcity of peace. There is such scarcity of hope. There is a scarcity of humility, of patience. I remember reading a couple of months ago that since the pandemic, this writer had written that they had seen that there was a lot less patience on the road and that people in cars um, seemed to be more impatient with one another. And I began to notice the truth of that. And I don't know if you have, but... You know, if you're not the first, like, within the first second off at a green light, there's honking. Or if someone like, oh, has gone into a hatched area or blocked an entrance, people are on their horns and, you know, arms flying up in the air. I'm observing all of this from a distance, of course. I would never, you know, I would never react in that way. But you just see this scarcity of patience in us and around us. So why wouldn't we want to be filled with more? When he fills us, he causes us to remember. He causes us to remember who God is and who we are in him. Jesus had promised his disciples, he said, when the Holy Spirit is sent, he says, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's John 14, 26. And this remembering that he causes in us is not like the reminders that I have on my phone. I don't know if anyone else controls their whole life by setting reminders on their phone. Or more recently through Alexa. And um, Andy mentioned our dog the other day. And I got an Alexa after we got a puppy, partly so that we could play at the radio when we go out and leave it. So I, I leave it to LBC and we can or work out where he falls as he's listening to various debates. Anyway, but one thing this Alexa does every night at six o'clock is, Ali, this is your reminder. Get Benny's food out of the freezer. Ali, this is your reminder. And we all go, shut up, Alexa. (laughs) Like this poor inanimate object gets the wrath of whatever's gone on in the day. When I first got her, I was determined that I was going to be really polite to her because even though she's a robot, I didn't want my heart to get hard. And so anytime I asked her, Alexa, how long is left on my timer, please? You have eight minutes and 37 seconds. I would say, thank you, Alexa. And now I just yell like everyone else, shut up, Alexa. Anyway, so we have all kinds of things that can cause us to remember, but it's It's a remembering that is dry, that is mechanical. Lots of you will either have children or be one of them yourself that are sitting exams at the moment. And there's that revision that is like going over the facts, going over them until they get lodged in our brain for the next couple of weeks. And then we never think of those facts again. But the Holy Spirit causes us to remember who God is and who we are in him in a way that is heart to heart, spirit to spirit. I saw online just a couple of days ago this beautiful clip of a woman who was feeding her mum. And the mum had dementia and didn't know who she was. And the woman was just feeding her with a spoon, feeding her faithfully doing that as the mum just looked blank, didn't know who her daughter was. But for some reason, as she was feeding her, 
there was this moment where the mum just kind of came back into herself and she suddenly recognised her daughter and was overcome. And she was like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And the, the daughter put her face on her, her hand on her mum's face and just said, I love you, mum, I love you, mum, and just kept feeding her. This moment of remembering that was so precious, we get to live in that every day not mechanically told, you are his daughter, but where in your heart and in your knower, he causes you to cry, Abba, Father. I am known and I am loved. Where he causes you in your heart to remember that he is a good God, that he is faithful, that everything he says is true, that he is just, that he is merciful, that he calls you his own. And as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we come again to a place of remembering. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit because this isn't just about us. The time and again when the Holy Spirit is talked of in the Bible, it talks about that he gives us power to be witnesses. He uh, emboldens us. And also that those things that he pours into us, those qualities of God, they are not just, you know, I've already talked about the abundance and the excess. So it's not just that there's a lot of that given to us in our lives, but there is an overflow. It says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you just for a moment think about your families, your home, your workplace, the situations that you're involved in, don't they need an overflow of hope? Don't they need an overflow of peace and an overflow of patience? Don't you, don't I need power to be witnesses, to be bold in the way that we speak of and communicate Jesus? This isn't just for us. It wasn't just for them back in Acts, because the next bit after our reading was that 3,000 people were added to them that very day that the Holy Spirit was poured out. And just as then, so now, we need the Holy Spirit for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me and in you. Going back to Esther's questions from this morning, so what is Pentecost? So I started talking her through it. I said, so they were waiting. Jesus had told his disciples to wait. Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit is given. And she said, well, where did they wait? I said, Jerusalem. And she said, yeah, I mean, Jerusalem, big place. Where in Jerusalem? I said, they were in the upper room. She said, well, what's that meant to be? It's good to go through your talk with your daughter because you're like, okay, very good point. Why the upper room? Why did they wait in the upper room? He told them to wait in Jerusalem. They chose there. And no wonder they chose there. This was the place where on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he had dinner with them in the upper room. This place of his presence, literally his uh, tangible provision, like here is my body, here is my blood given for you. The upper room is also the place that they went to when they were hiding after Jesus had been killed and they were fearful for their own lives as well as what on earth does this mean for us? They waited in the upper room and it was in the upper room that he appeared to them when he breathed on them as I referred to earlier. And they'd gone back to that same place now to wait for him. I think no wonder, doesn't it make sense to wait in that place where 
you literally can remember and recognize his presence and his faithfulness and his goodness and him breathing life and speaking to fear. And they waited there, but they waited there not just as a place to mark time. They waited there expectant that he would come and show up again through the Holy Spirit, which is exactly what he did do. And for us, it's good for us to remember times where he's met with us, good for us to remember times where we've seen his provision and his care, where we've been especially aware of his presence. But as we wait there, let's not just wait there like, that was good when that happened, that was in times gone by. Let's wait there expectant that he wants to meet with us again today. That his, not only are his mercies new every morning, but he also wants to fill us today, where we are today. And all we need to do is wait, just as they did. Make space to wait. Ask that's a biblical, um, a really important biblical step often. You know, Jesus himself said, ask and you'll receive, and then wait. And one of Esther's other last questions to me this morning was then, what happens if he doesn't do anything? It was a great question. And the truth is, is we don't always feel. When we ask him to meet with us, we don't always feel him, you know, immediately pouring peace, love, joy, compassion into us. We don't always immediately recognize his presence. But we trust that he is faithful. We trust that this is something that he wants to do. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pour out my spirit. He wants to fill us. He wants to draw close. God in us the hope of glory. And so whatever we feel, we trust that he is a God of his promise, a God of his word, and we wait for him. All who are thirsty, come. All who know that they need more of God in their life, come. And we pray the prayer, we're gonna pray it over ourselves, we're gonna pray it over us in a, in a moment, come Holy Spirit. It's a prayer that you, has been prayed from ages past, since the very beginning, the church has prayed, come Holy Spirit. It's a prayer that doesn't just live in a church. Pray it when you're walking home. Pray it when you head to work. Pray it as you're in your kitchen. Hand on your heart. That's how I often do it. Come Holy Spirit. Fill me again. I need you. I want you. I want more of you. I want to know your presence. I want to remember who you are and who I am in you. Not just for me, but for the sake of the world. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.